You're listening to Tara Lynn's A Geek Saga podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. With all the D&D All stuff. right, we are live! Yay! Okay, hi guys. Uh, I'm Tara. Uh, this is my YouTube channel. Um, I don't know. It's a geek saga. There's YouTube is weird, and it, this channel is still under like my old YouTube username, no matter how many times I've tried to change it. So uh, if you're seeing it as Pirate Tara, that's that's me from back in the day um but yeah so i'm tara and i'm here with my lovely friends becca chloe and izzy um and this webcast is called conversation or a conversation Uh, Um, (laughs) because we're talking about cons um at conventions and and not you know conventions like conventional stuff but like comic cons uh which i that term comic con is kind of so narrow compared like compared to like the whole world of conventions these days but um but yeah so as a start uh i've been attending conventions since 2010 um i have no idea how many i've attended but it's definitely been more than oh gosh it's been seven years so i would say i've probably attended something like 60 or 70 conventions over the years uh so and and everything from you know Dragon Con, San Diego Comic Con, um, and a ton of other you know like little conventions. Of course, I run two conventions. So uh, yeah, I, I think I'm pretty well versed in convention life. Probably too well versed. Um, I definitely spend too much money <laughs> on this nonsense, but I really love it. It's it's you know I used to travel a lot, and now my travel has kind of been relegated to conventions. And for right now, um, I'm pretty okay with that. Uh, mostly because I do write and cosplay and stuff, and and conventions help me get my name out there. So uh, that's me. And if you guys want to go, I, like I've been introducing you by like alphabetical <laughs> order because it's easier. So if you want to like say who you are uh first becca then chloe then izzy i guess and um just kind of talk like say say who you are and and just a little bit about how you got started with conventions or whatever and then we'll kind of dive into everything okay well i guess i'm next then because i'm a b um <laughs> i'm becca i actually my best friend had done cons for a really long time and i didn't know anything about them and so tara then i met tara and um, the summer of 2015, 2014, or 2014. Yeah. And so she's like, she's like, Oh, I do cons. I'm going to dragon con. And I was like, Oh, whatever. And then she's like, okay, listen, we're going to Kanuga. And I was like, what's that? And so I did. So Tara got me into cons. And so I blame her for all of my, um, con <laughs> things. So I'm, I'm fairly new to cons. I've only been doing them for, well, since my first one was in 2015, that was Kanuga 2015. Um, but I do mostly local cons. I don't really travel a whole lot. Like I do, um, I do Ice and Fire, Dragon Con. I haven't been to any like really big ones. I went to MegaCon. Um, MegaCon's but, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, I don't know. I like Dragon Con better than MegaCon. But I cosplay and I write and um, I work with Tara at her Saga Events planning company. And uh, yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about things. I just, I like the cause, I'm still new with the cosplay thing, but I really, like, I really love it. It's 
giving me a chance to express myself because I've been in a kind of a slump lately. So it's really nice to get a chance to like dress up and like get out of my head. <laughs> okay, Chloe, you're next. <laughs> cool. Woo. Hi, I, uh, I'm Chloe. I, uh, I've been cosplaying. I feel old. I've been cosplaying since 2007. Um, my first convention was JFAX in 2007 and I've been going, I used to go to a lot more conventions. I've kind of pulled back now, but I've been cosplaying and going to all Midwest conventions. I used to go probably like to 10 a year, maybe around 10 to 12 a year, but now I'm only at about three or four cons. Uh, I've been to a lot of the big comic cons, C2E2, uh, PAX, uh, Dragon Con, MAGFest, I go to MAGFest every single year. Uh, pretty much any of the Midwest cons I've been to. And uh, I have had a cosplay page for a couple years. So that's fun. That's your girl. And that's about it. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm Izzy. And I'm a cosplayer, too, as well. A con attender. Um, my first convention happened to be in 2007. I only went for like a couple hours each day because I was still like in high school at that point. So like my mom was kind of like, hey, it's time to come home and stuff like that. So officially, I didn't actually stay to a, for a convention weekend until 2009 officially. But this will be my 10th year attending a convention I, I i can't believe it's going on the 10th year at this point but i mostly stick to um midwest conventions which are the ones like in the ohio chicago and um michigan area and you know so far the far farthest con i've gone for is dragon con which was the farthest one i've ever gone to and i used to attend like three or four conventions now i'm just kind of like going down to two now a year now and that's who I am. I also cosplay. I have a cosplay page called Just Dizzy because I am just dizzy. I'm not special. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Yeah, I'm dizzy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's that's the other thing too. Uh, if you are watching this, um, be it live or later, uh, my thing is down at the bottom of the screen. Uh, a geek saga. That's my Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram, and that's how you can find me on Facebook. Um, Becca is Starshine on Fire on Twitter and Starbuddy Cosplay on Facebook. Izzy is just Izzy on Facebook and um, Gallifrey's Gallifrey's Bay, Bay. Yeah, <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> and and I've posted these before too. And Chloe, you're um, Materia Girl on Facebook, right? And then Lies and Arbor Goal <laughs> with no D. No D. <laughs> <laughs> I, it took me forever to realize that's what it said because it doesn't have the d a lot of people have told me that <laughs> and like, like one of my buddies Caitlin, that's exactly that? what uh my buddy caitlin no, cast like she calls it that she goes lies in a borgle that's a that's a oh, big wait, joke. That's, it's supposed to be lies in arbor gold yeah yeah with, it's just the, the character d. limit yeah, oh, hold the D. Okay, so my brain just exploded because I was like, what the fuck is an oh. I was like, what the hell is, what the heck, what the heck is an Arbogol? I was like, is that a monster? And now I understand. Oh, Everything cool. makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, so now that we've introduced yeah. ourselves, uh, like, we're, we got a little bit, you know, some other introduction stuff to talk about. Um, and we'll keep this portion, you know, kind of short or whatever. Uh, basically, everybody goes to conventions for different reasons. Um, so, and, and honestly, like, having 
talked or, or go, gone back and forth with you guys like in our little Google Doc and everything with the planning. Like it's pretty clear that we all attend them for different reasons. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a few that are similar, obviously. <laughs> but, um, you know, for me, like I, I am more likely to go to conventions that my friends talk up or that they are attending um, or lately, the past couple years anyway, to ones that, you know, invite me as a speaker or a guest. Um, not because I'm anything super famous or important, but uh, I do feel like I, <laughs> I do feel like I have some things to offer. Um, and I, I love, I love moderating panels. I love being on panels and I can talk about like a lot of fandoms and whatnot. So um, obviously if I'm going to be able to do that, um, I'm, I'm more likely to attend a convention, even if it's across the country. Uh, honestly, that's the reason I still go to San Diego Comic-Con after all these years, um, you know, because I am on the, the single only Song of Ice and Fire fan, you know, panel that happens at Comic-Con. Um, and it's amazing. Uh, but also, um, one of the things I said was I don't go out much when I'm at home. I am definitely like a stay at home and binge watch and, and, or do game nights and drink at home um, type of person. So cons are kind of like my party too. Uh, you know, that's, if I want to go out partying, like I just go to a convention. It's so much more fun than going out to a bar around home. Um, so that definitely plays a part in the conventions that I choose. Uh, but yeah, and, and industry conventions like Comic-Con, and, and I've also been to C2E2 are great for networking, which again is good for me. So yeah, um, what about you guys? And, and you guys don't have to go in alphabetical order or anything. I just, you know, whoever wants to chime in first, what, what, what makes you decide to go to certain conventions? Boy. <laughs> Nobody's. Everybody's like, no. I will, ghost, ghost. <laughs> I'll go. I got it. You two. <laughs> Tarrying us. Um, no, I I have a couple like a similar boat with Tara that like I do a lot of speaking and programming at conventions. Um, I'm a part of Overlord Media Group. Uh, we haven't done a lot of stuff lately in the Midwest, but we were doing a lot of stuff in the Midwest. Um, and I'm doing a lot of content writing and a lot of content creation lately. So a lot of times for cons, if I get invited as a guest or if I get invited, you know, for a programming discount for my badge or whatever, I'll choose that. It's definitely a big thing. But lately, uh, just because since I've started mixing, like, the whole, like, business and pleasure convention kind of thing, you know, like, working at your time at a con and also still getting to hang out with people, I kind of choose my cons more based on if my friends are going to be there uh, what type of room I can get. I don't like just having a little small room. I like being able to have, like, space to have my friends in my room and whatever, entertain them when we have free time. And, like, I don't know. I just like being comfortable and having a good time. And I'd rather have three now, like, three good cons a year than, like, ten really crappy cons where you're being eight people in a tiny room and you don't even like it because you grew out of anime, like, ten years ago. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. like... <laughs> Yeah. I'm just saying, I'd rather Thanks go for, for saying something the truth. As, yep, I'm here with the gospel every day. I don't. <laughs> oh, gosh. I have to agree with that and everything because the, the main reason I even attend conventions is mostly to see friends that are, like, far, far away. And that's why we kind of travel, like, out far. And we made new friends meeting, like, Becca and Tara and Chloe. I already know you from locally. Yeah. And, like attending 
those things. It's just, it gives me my people for the time of the year, like my people association with people. And then it's back to real life. And it's like, uh, I can't stand people for another little bit. And then it's like, Oh, convention time again. Yeah. It's time to see everybody. But I mostly attend them to like hang with friends and think of new ideas to keep, can keep creating and everything. Cause I like building props. I like building and drawing and everything. And it keeps giving me more ideas. It keeps opening my eyes to things I haven't really seen before that I don't usually see in my usual pharmacy life that I work every single day and stuff. So (laughs) it's like every time I go to conventions, I like seeing people, like being around the friends. I like, you know, I do attend panels. I actually did attend a panel just recently at ColossalCon it was a panel for 18 plus, but I'm not going to get into that right now, but <laughs> that was a lot of fun. And there was a lot of positivity panels and stuff that I see. A lot of people are starting to more bring that out now, like body positivity and like cosplay, like how to love yourself and cosplay, that kind of thing and stuff. So I'm starting to get more into that. And for Comic-Con wise, I like seeing big famous people like Matt Smith and everything at conventions and like seeing them talk and everything. Cause I obsess over their accent. <laughs> I mean, so that's my main thing before, before, uh, you know, Becca goes like, I just want to say uh, to anybody who is watching this now or later, uh, this is like, this is an adult's, we are adults here. There probably <laughs> will be swearing. Uh, we can talk about adult things. I highly doubt. Okay. I highly doubt anybody under the age of eighteen is going to watch this. Let's be real. I, I'm. I'm actually pretty sure my YouTube channel is labeled eighteen plus. Uh, okay. Because I have like old Ice and Fire Con videos on there that like nobody mm. should see. That <laughs> they are like hashtag NSFW and everything. Oh so, my gosh. So yeah. Oh. So yeah. So Becca. Uh, you uh you've only been attending a couple of years but you've been to a ton of conventions for somebody who's only been going for a little over two years so what yeah. do you love most about uh um i mean i'm mostly friends you know it just depends on who's going to be there like i'm more likely to go to a con where you know like i'll see chloe or because like tara and i used to go to cons together but then she moved away so i'm more likely to go to a <laughs> yourself i'm more likely to go to <laughs> a convention where my friends are going to be um, I kind of, but also like fun conventions. Um, I mean, I'm not an anime. I'm not into um, a, a lot. Like I have a very specific niche that I really, really like. And that's, you know, um, the, po- don't even laugh at me. Okay. Look, <laughs> it's, the, it's the whole, it's the whole post-apocalyptic badass warrior chick survival stuff. That's my thing. And that's your aesthetic. Uh, that's my aesthetic. Yeah. Um, but no, like I, like I go to cons to not only, you know, be able to geek out with my friends, but to see the friends, to meet new people. Um, and of course I love getting a chance to interact with, you know, some of my favorites from TV shows and stuff like that, but I'll get into that later. Um, but I've been introduced to so many different fandoms, like Tara got me into Game of Thrones. I had never seen it ever. Um, and then, but, and I also really, cause like I'm. I have a thing about making things with my hands and so like I deal with um I deal with bipolar and so sometimes I just need to work so I work on cosplay and then I have a deadline for the con and that really helps me and so 
but it's also fun because like you create these friendships with people like with Chloe or like with Izzy and you have to cram you know a whole year's worth of friendship into like four days y'all that is is an art that we (laughs) that's an art that we do and I've met some of the best people I've ever met in my entire life at conventions because these people get me yeah that's um (laughs) I was talking to somebody recently where it was kind of like I have met the some of the best people I know and some of the worst people I know yeah and I don't want to like dwell on that that last the latter too much but (laughs) I mean here's the thing I'm old guys I'm 34 uh so like you're not even even when I even when I got into going to conventions um at that point I was already at you know, I was already at a point in my life where if somebody was shitty, then I wrote them off. You know what I mean? Like you can apologize to me. And I, you know, if you do something crappy to me and you apologize to me, I'll say, you know, Hey, thank you. You know, whatever. But that doesn't mean we're going to be friends. Um, you know, and, and that's definitely been a big help with, with, being yeah and the cosplay community as being able to walk away from people um and and honestly real world like real world like real people that aren't into mm-hmm. this stuff real people uh <laughs> normal people are so right. like i i they, like honestly if if i meet um if if 20% of the people I meet through conventions and cosplay turn out to be assholes that's really not that bad um, no, it's not. That's a so, really good percentage. Yeah. And and I don't really think it's been more than that. Um, but, All, but like also like just saying like I've been like in my day to day interactions with people, I'd be like, so what kind of TV do you watch? Like, I don't really watch TV. I don't really watch movies. Yeah. I don't really read. And I'm just like, how? <laughs> like, what how? do you do? Like, do you guys like, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, and it just blows my mind. Cause I'm just like, you know, I want to meet, I want to meet people. I want to date people who, you know, they like, they, they're fans, you know, and these people are yeah. fans. And so I'm just kind of like, whenever I meet somebody who doesn't read or watch TV, I'm just kind of like, well, <laughs> and listen, they, they, they probably have things that, you know, they're into. Uh, the thing is, yeah. it's not the things that, you know, you're into, or I'm into, we're into, whatever. Well, most wow. people are into sports and all that stuff. Yeah, like gyms and kayaking yeah. and outside I mean, and blah. I love sports, <laughs> but, and I love outdoors, but I mean, if you ask me how to define myself, it's not going to be by the fact that I'm a Pats fan or a Red Sox fan or that I love hiking or, or that I run 30 miles a week. Like, I define myself by the the, you know, shows that I watch and the, the comics and the books that I read, um, because those are the things I want to talk about. Like how much can you really, I personally can't talk about running that much. It's like, yep, I run. Yeah. It's a thing I do. It's really fucking hot outside. To run. Like in front of the other and it goes boop, 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 boop. Yeah. There's but, not uh, much to really go into on it. But anyway, um, so yeah, so we talked about what we go to conventions for and like, what do you guys care what what could you care less about like what part of conventions do you not pay attention to when you're choosing which ones to go to oh boy <laughs> oh, um i don't really give a crap about vendors and i don't give a crap really about guests that's just my prerogative i don't the lines are too much i would rather use that valuable time to hang out with my friends or to do another activity at the con or whatever or whatever, but I'd rather use it for that instead of like worrying about being in line. Now, like Dragon Con, 
once in a while I'll care about guests for DragCon, but otherwise the conventions I go to are really more niche and aren't all guest-focused, I guess. So that's more my kind of con, the ones that aren't really guest-focused. Yeah, that's – I'm like – since mine are, my answer is basically the same exact thing as yours, um, I, I don't care about a guest list and I don't care about dealer room or vendor room. Like, um, I am more likely to spend time in like an artist alley or an yeah. art show. Uh, but even that, that's not something that determines whether or not I go to a convention. And I've been to a lot of conventions that, you know, either single fandom or multi fandom that don't have they don't have a lot of guests, you know, they mm-hmm. have, it's like Kanuga. The The last couple of years I went to Kanuga, um, we went to Kanuga. Their, their biggest guests were like people who played zombies a few times on the walking dead or whatever. And it's like, that's, that's cool. Like that's cool that these people are there. I'll go sit in a panel for that, but you know, listen to them talk, ask some questions, you know, chat with other fans, but like, I it's don't the party. It's yeah, party. that's and, why they go the one party, and mm-hmm. and I don't um and I don't mean to say that I like it, I don't not I don't not care about guests at all. Like Chloe said, like if there's somebody I really want to meet, I mean, shoot, at MegaCon this year, I I went out of my way to make sure I got a picture with Stan Lee because I'd never gotten a picture with him before. But um, you know, it, it's not something that determines whether or not I go to a convention. Like I, I just it's it's literally. It's it's negative ten percent of why I would go to a convention if they're there, cool. But even if they are, it's like I see the Dragon Con guest list every year, and there's probably twenty people that I think, ah, it would be cool to meet that person. But I'm probably not going to go out of my way to do it. What tore oh. me apart <clears throat> after this year with guests and everything? I attended Katsukon for the first time this year. And you know how people are all like, oh my gosh, Jessica Negri, oh my gosh, this person, Yaya Han, and all these other people. I, like all these guests and everything that attend that were coming to Katsukan. This is what really tore me away from guests. I met these people and didn't even have to pay for a badge. I didn't have to pay for anything. I met these people at the Pose Bar, it was, or so, at the Washington, D.C. Uh, Chloe, do you know what that is? That big giant bar that's at the top? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was right above our room. Um, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, they have a bar up top in the Gaylord. I, I I met those people, and I didn't even really. That's real. I'm like, you can just walk around sometimes through a convention, and you can easily find them and stuff. So I didn't. I wasn't even trying to look for these people, and I randomly like found them in like all these other places. So I'm just like, eh, I don't really care about going to see guests when I can just kind of walk around and like they'll be standing right there right and then on top of that too like I do like the dealer's room but I'm only going to the dealer's room for stuff that I know that I can find but I'm not really all about a lot of things and some panels like if it's like a a Q&A panel or Q&A panel about Pokemon or something like that or like a Q&A panel about stuff that you already know I just kind of just kind of started drawing myself away from those th- parts of the conventions and everything. But that's just my whole two parts no, of it. Yeah, no, I like honestly I love attending panels, but um it, like something like that. Like honestly, the, the, I'm not going to wait hours in line 
for right. I, I actually can't. Dragon Con is the one convention a year where I usually end up attending one or two of the big like what would be popular panels because Dragon Con has a really great um disability program and like mm-hmm. with like with my knees and everything, I can, I can walk and I can run, but I can't stand in a line and I can't sit in those like tiny little aisles with the, in the tiny little chairs. Like I need to be able to spread out my legs or like an hour of standing. And then an hour of sitting in a panel room like that is going to like a couple years ago at Dragon Con, it literally put me out of commission for the entire rest of the weekend. Um, like I could hardly walk, uh, you know, so because Dragon Con has such a great disability, you know, program, I, it's easy for me to be able to go to panels like that. Um, but at other conventions, I just, I can't. And, and the fan panels, I really, really love, but at the same time, I've been to some really awesome fan panels and some really crappy ones. And oftentimes I wish that conventions would, uh, vet their panelists a little bit better. Um, I don't know. I'll get into that later. I guess maybe, maybe not. Rick and Morty panel at one point, and, and uh, it was not good. It was kind of those things. Yeah. What uh, convention was it at? Uh, it was at an anime convention, and it was to be expected the way that it was. <laughs> it was at Colossal Con two a year ago. When oh, wow. Rick and Morty was kind of stupid, oh, not stupid, but like big, stupid big and everything is what I meant to say. Yeah, I, I went to a Steven Universe panel at Colossal Con 2015, which is the only Colossal Con I've ever been to. And it mm-hmm. was like, it was the only panel I went to at that convention because it was one person sitting behind a table talking about, like it was supposed to, it was, it was advertised as like a sing-along mm-hmm. and we sat there for 40 minutes and there was it was just this one person kind of talking at the audience not so it wasn't even a conversation between a bunch of panelists it was just one person talking at the audience and it was like yeah that's a lot of panel that's what another thing that drew me away from panels is just stuff like that and I'm like I expected it to be like panels like comic cons and and the thing is like you can have, there can be, I have, I've taken, I've been to really great fan panels. I went to an X-Files one at Conuga a couple years ago. That was great. And, and I've also been on, you know, been a panelist on fan panels that I think turned out really, really well. Um, but yeah, they, I, I feel like conventions don't necessarily do the best job of vetting anime yeah. as a, especially anime cons like as so i've did programming for five six years in an improv sketch group at anime cons and all over the midwest and like you just get some interesting like other panels there were some cons that like they were like no we already have this specific type of panel so we're not going to accept you but then the panel that got in was very cringy and was like where you had someone sitting there for 45 minutes just talking droning on nothing interesting and it's like for fan panels, there has to be some sort of interaction to keep the audience on it. Like otherwise, unless you're laying down some crazy truth bombs about the fandom or like being really interesting, there's only so much you can do at fan panels. Yeah, I um, I mean, honestly, I, I take personally the way I and I, I having moderated and been on so many panels like the way I do it is you give the panelists time to introduce themselves and talk a little, you know, talk a bit amongst themselves. And I'm talking like, if it's a 45 to 50 minute panel, 
20 minutes is how long the panelists get to kind of get the conversation going. And then after that, it should be turned over to the audience. Now, if the audience isn't participating a lot, then yes, the, the panelists and the moderator have that it's their job to keep things going. Um, but you know, it, otherwise it should be about audience participation and audience questions because otherwise like why are the, you know, the people on these panels, they aren't famous. Like oh, they don't I'm not famous. Them. Like, I can talk about these things. I'm knowledgeable, but like, I'm there to answer your questions or to give my thoughts based on like your theories or thoughts, whatever. Uh, yeah. So, so, um, and, and as somebody who runs conventions, you know, we, after ice and fire crowd every year, we have a survey and, it's impossible to take every suggestion to heart, honestly, because half of the, it's like, I swear to God, half of them say one thing and half of them are like, the exact opposite of that thing. Um, but we do take feedback very seriously with our pan with our like panels and with everything, but with our panels and discussions, like we have our, our panels and discussions have changed every year based on the feedback that we get from those surveys. And, um, I know that dragon con also has, you know, a way to give feedback on panels, but I don't, you know, and I think the track directors listen to that for sure. Um, I mean, I know that uh, the woman who runs the American Sci-Fi Fantasy Media track absolutely does. But it, at times it's also like having been on panels at Dragon Con where the reason the panel was awful is because of another panelist. It's like, how, how do you even fight that, you know? Um, but yeah, so Becca, uh, poor Becca has been has been not able to give her reasons why she attends conventions or uh, or like what you don't uh, what you could care less about. So you might as well just go ahead and give it all at once, girl. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I mean, well, like I, you know, like I said, I go for friends. Um, like I don't really care about panels. Like I can't. I can count on one hand the number of panels I've been to in the past three years. Remember the panel we took over, though? That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And it turned from, like, Walking Dead into A Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, it was Walking I don't remember what it was, but it was it was not the way it was supposed to go. Um, but, no, like, I don't really do panels. Like, if I want to talk about things with my friends, I'll just talk about it when we're all really drunk at the bar or whatever. Like, um, I mean, like, I went to the 100 panel in Dragon Con 2015. And because I love the hundred, like, and I didn't have to wait in a line though. I guess that maybe that's the reason why, like, I'm kind of like, eh, about it because I've never actually had to wait in line for a panel. I've never had to wait in line for to meet anybody. Um, Lucky. I've just been very fortunate that I've just happened to wander by. What are you giggling about? <laughs> huh? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Continuing about. I'm just laughing. Okay. Giggling. Okay. <laughs> um. So I don't do panels. I don't really do any of the demos or the special, an evening with. Um, I did do the mixer thing at Megacon for the Love is Love uh, because one of our um, reporters was not able to go to it, which is really cool. Like, it's the first time I've really gotten a chance to do something like that. Um, and I learned a lot. Um, but, I mean, I like, like, if it's a guest that I'm really passionate about, like, I know that the 100 people are coming back to Dragon Con this year, and that's one of my favorite shows, so, of course, I'm really excited about it, and 
Um, but I don't go to conventions to see guests, but if they're there, like that's a bonus. And I definitely will go and want to meet them. Um, I don't really do the vendor. Like I have been in the vendor room at Dragon Con, maybe all of 10 minutes in the past two years I've been. Listen, and Dragon I, Con is like, you know, yeah, you can't night, even, you can't even like, if I'm going to go to a vendor room or, or vendor area or artist alley, it's not going to yeah. be at Dragon Con because right. okay. if I stayed at the Westin, maybe, but I'm not walking from the Hyatt down to that America's so Mart, the Bob yeah. Hill. And it's then on hot. top of it, like on top of that, I've never, even last year when I went in there on Monday, it was so crowded. We could hardly move. And it's like the America's Mart is just, I like, honestly, I remember when Dragon Con vendor rooms were in the hotels, like in the Marriott and, and Hilton ballrooms. I think there was like an artist area in one and the, the artist alley was in Hyatt and there were vendor rooms in the Marriott. There may have been some in the Hilton too, but like, Back then, the vendor rooms were miserably crowded, but honestly, they're still just as bad as they were then. And while I get that DragonCon had to expand and move them, it's like, I, other outside of Artist Alley stuff, which also is in America's Mart, and I'm not walking down there because I'm lazy-ish, um, like everything that you can find at DragonCon in the vendor hall, you can find at every other convention where their vendor halls are way more accessible. And like what I do is whenever I go through like vendors or whatever, like if I see something I really like at a vendor table, I'll just pick up a card and then I'll just drop it in my bag. And later if I really, really want to, I'll just go and check it out online. Now I spend a lot of time in artist alley. Um, I know at MegaCon I spent a lot of money there um, mostly for artwork and I got like a portrait commissioned of my dog. And I know Tara got a portrait commissioned of her cat. I know, I was about to show it, but I yeah. it's in the other room. I don't know where mine is at this point. But no, like I, I mean, I don't go to a con for guests. But like if the guest is going to be there, that's always a plus. You know, like I go for my friends. And, but if somebody's going to be there, like I got to meet Jack Gleason last Dragon Con. And that was amazing. And I was just a happy little, I was at a happy little monkey I don't know what to say I was very excited uh, and I got to the chance to meet Bob Morley and all these cool people and I mean like I said I don't go for the guests and people always like they tease me sometimes because I'm just like oh my god so and so is going to be there and they're just like <sighs> but I'm just like no I'm excited about it but okay I'm done <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah there's nothing wrong with being excited there's a lot of people that go to conventions just to meet the guests and that's really fine I just it's just not for me like I just think it's funny you guys are all talking about the vendors and all against it and me and my husband we spent over $80 or over $100 at uh the vendors hall because we haven't been to a vendors hall that wasn't bigger than anything other than anime central in Chicago we thought that was pretty big and then we went into the dragon con one and it's like it's a whole building and we're like yeah. holy crap in there so we just go in there and we're he spent $80 I mean, with a dice. To, to be <laughs> fair, like, well, I don't go out of my way for the vendor area, like, and that's why I don't really go to the one at Dragon Con anymore. Um, like, I, the vendor areas at most other conventions are part of, you know, the, the main convention. Yeah. So, like, uh, granted, at MegaCon, I, it's rough for me because I have a booth myself, but at other conventions, like, I will wander the vendor hall quite a bit. I mean, shit, at San Diego Comic-Con, I, I mean, this is something we'll get into later. I spend a ton of time in the exhibit hall, but that's a kind of a different animal. Um, 
and we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. I mean, we might as well dive into our whole, we have a versus section. Yeah. I feel like this is like, this is like, we, we need a, some sort of like video game thing, you know, like versus. It comes up like a, like a PowerPoint, Microsoft PowerPoint. Yeah. <laughs> the first um, the white. So, so we have a big versus section here and, and some of these, it's, it's hard to kind of label these correctly in some instances, but we'll start with uh, single fandom conventions versus multi-fandom conventions. Um, so single fandom conventions will be like, uh, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I said, uh, I totally answered that wrong too. I'm just reading over this. I'm like, Oh, I answered this wrong. I did not read that through. So you guys are going to continue this whole thing. I'm just going to, it's okay. Um, so, so like ice and fire con, which is all song ice and fire game of Thrones, um, Walker stalker con, which doesn't really exist as it used to, but the first couple of years that Walker stalker con was around, it was pretty much, it was a horror convention, but with such a strong, you know, focus on Walking Dead that it, it really, you know, it could be considered, if you ask me, a single fandom convention. Um, Star Wars Celebration is another one. And multi-fandom conventions are like everything else. I don't know as if I, I I'm going to not count industry conventions in this one. Industry being like New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, C2E2, because those are, that industry is, is an entirely different thing. And we'll get into that in a bit. But like Dragon Con, Megacon, um, Shoot, even Megacon is almost an industry. Well, I thought it was an industry. It's not industry. It's more like a corporate convention now because um, it's owned by Fan Expo, which does a ton of them. But generally, it is it is multi fandom. Um, so like Dragon Con, Megacon, Conuga, even um, basically any convention that has panels and and guests and stuff that are from many different you know sects of fandom. Um, like I've had really great times at single fandom conventions. I think that if they are run well, they're the best kind of conventions. Uh, obviously I'm biased toward ice and fire con, but even like Walker stalker con the first Walker stalker con back in 2013 in Atlanta was amazing. Um, I enjoyed the second one I went to, it wasn't the same, but back when they had that single fandom focus and seemed like they really knew what they were doing, uh, which is weird that they, I feel like they knew more of what they knew more about what they were doing the first year than they did the second year. Uh, it was, it was really fun. Um, I do enjoy multi-fandom conventions, uh, but how good they are for me depends on their programming. Uh, Dragon Con is great because they have all those different tracks. So you can be into only one or two or three things and you'll always find a ton of different panels and stuff to go and, and guests, uh, panels to go to and guests to meet that are part of those several fandoms that you love. Um, Kanuga again, it's, it's so much smaller, but they have really great fan panels. They also have really great writing panels. Um, you know, so I, it, it's, it's hard to say I like one more than the other because I think that single fandom conventions can be very badly done. Um, but I've been lucky enough where most of the single fandom cons I've gone to have been the opposite. They've been done very well. Um, I don't go to Walker stalker con anymore because I didn't like the direction they were taking starting in their third year. But you know, 
that's me. I know not everybody would necessarily agree with that. Um, and and multi fandom cons like Colossal Con actually is one that I would say uh, I've been to other anime. I, I've only been to one other anime con. It was Anime Week in Atlanta. I think Anime Week in Atlanta was a way better convention um, in terms of programming and stuff. Colossal Con is in a cooler place and has more things to do it has more partying um but honestly like the only reason i enjoyed colossal con the one time i went is because of my friends uh and also i i don't like hot tubs or water parks or (laughs) really fruity or sweet frozen drinks so it's just and and that combined with the fact that their programming schedule was like really shitty to be honest uh it was kind of like eh, i'm not if it was something i could drive to i would probably go back but i'm not going to spend hundreds of dollars to fly to detroit and rent a car and drive to sandusky so so anyway uh what do you guys think um and and i know izzy i don't think i don't know as if you've been any really like single fandom conventions but um if you i don't know the only one i've gone to was probably midwest media expo in michigan like they had to make a second convention from yomacon which was an anime convention but people started turning it into more of a like a fandom convention and now yomacon which used to be called the anime and detroit's anime convention is now called fandom convention because People don't fall for the anime anymore. A lot of their panels have to do with Steven Universe, Marvel, and a whole bunch of things now. And it's not even about anime anymore. And so they made this sister con called Midwest Media Expo, which was supposed to happen in April. But it it, mm-hmm. it got shut down this year because the hotel kind of failed on them this year. But that's what that was all supposed to be about, Doctor Who and all everything. And it was supposed to be... Everything that was like steam power, steampunk or steam power draft. So I guess they're all pushing that all to Yomicon now. But I went to Midwest Media Expo and I got to see steampunk. I got to see just everything that was media wise. I got to see that, but I didn't really get to understand too much of it because it was still freshly new at that time. So I'm just going to fizzle out in this conversation right here. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I know, I know Chloe and Becca have been to plenty of one in the well chloe mm-hmm. especially i think has been to a lot of you've been to a lot of single fandom cons haven't you yeah i've been to a good amount of single fandom um i've been to long island who in new york which is a doctor who con actually really fun really fun time really well run uh, all the programming was fun there were really fun like mixers and events uh we got i my group ran a panel and we got to have just a really kick-ass time there uh ice and fire con is obviously i go to that uh, religiously, not to compare us more for her, but I do, and I love it. It's one of my favorite cons. Um, I've really strayed away from a lot of the multi-fandom, like, I guess I wouldn't even say, uh, like, multi-fandom cons I go to, but, like, anime cons in general, I don't choose to go to an anime con anymore. Like, if I do, like, there's one that's in Lansing that all of my friends come to, uh, and uh, one of my buddies runs it. It's a good con. It's a fun con, so I go to that once in a while but uh i don't like stay for the whole weekend because it's in my city i just drive and find parking and hang out with everyone for the day uh i mean i really the bigger multi-fandoms it's i'm not as passionate anymore about it i used to really like be like yeah like anime con this and oh we'll have a good time doing this but it's just i don't have the energy anymore as an old wizened lady in my con career i'm like in my 10 years of cosplaying i'm like just tired 
I just want to go do stuff I want to do. I want to go get medieval gowns on or go jump in the TARDIS and drink a beer with my friend, you know? And that's, <laughs> so I guess single fandom wins just because it's, you're more passionate about the stuff, you know, it's, it's something you're more passionate about. And, and like I said, if a single fandom convention is run well, then it is, I, I really think it, it's better than most of the sort of multi-fandom conventions. That's my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I love Dragon Con so much. Like, it's such a different beast than, like, something like Ice and Fire Con is. But, I mean, like, for me, like, the amount that I love Dragon Con and the time that I have and the fun I have with the people and the memories I have is equal to the time I had in Ice and Fire Con. Like, those same exact, like, different scale, but there's still equal amounts of, like, memories and, like, fun. Like, I look fondly at it equally, so... I like both, but single fandom, I think, is just a more intimate kind of setting. Well, and to be fair, we absolutely, when when Ice and FireCon first began, and granted, you know, my now that it's just myself and, and KK, who has never been to DragonCon, um, but she has, having come to Ice and FireCon since the beginning, me and the original organizers, we wanted it to be like a mini DragonCon, where you stay in a place and you walk to... Uh, and you walk to the bars and, and the, you know, it, everything is right there and it's easily accessible and it's a big party where, yes, there's plenty of serious stuff going on during the day, but there's also, uh, you know, other things that aren't as serious constantly. And, and that's definitely, DragonCon absolutely affected how Ice and FireCon was founded and planned from the start. Um, and I think that's why I love it so much. <laughs> Um. Okay, so I got to pull up my thing here because I'm on my mom. I'm gonna mute myself for a second because my dogs are going crazy. Okay. Bye. Um. <laughs> so I mean, I've done. I've only ever been to one single fan, single fandom thing. I think. It's yeah, three years. Um. And then, I mean, everything else, though, has just been multi-fandom. So I like I like getting a chance to spread out. I like getting a chance to... Because, like, I mean, single fandom, it's very close. And there's, like, a really nice little family, especially with Ice and Fire Con. And, like, I've met some of the best people ever there. <laughs> I see you flicking your hair. I see you. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's, like, a lot to do at multi-fandom conventions. There's a bunch of different, you know, things to do, people to see. Um, so, I mean, it's it's kind of, because I really haven't been to any other single fandom conventions other than Ice and Fire. Um, but, I mean, you know, coming up here, I'll be doing, you know, I'll be able to go to this the uh, Beach City Con. That's another single, single fandom one. So, um, also put on by Tara and KK. Um, and then, by the way, doing amazing right now. And <laughs> we're almost sold out. What? Really? We're almost sold out. Oh, I was, ah! I was, I was telling people. I'm, I'm talking like less than two dozen tickets away from being sold out. Oh wow. Okay. Well, yeah. So, um, I'm looking through here. I'm looking through because I have my notes on my phone. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I create you know a good family or whatever. But then like. You know, because like I know a lot of my friends don't like a zombie, don't like the hundred, and 
you know, so like whenever I go to Dragon Con, I get a chance to like go to the hundred shoot and then we go and meet the guys and, you know, or, you know, we have the Hunger Games bunny hutch. So it's like, you know, it's kind of spread out everywhere, but there's, there's a certain charm to both, I think. So I don't know. I can't really pick one. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's fine. Well, and I know that you haven't been to a lot of single fandom conventions. Like, I, I forget that you haven't gone to a Walker Soccer Con yet. Um, but to be honest, like, I wouldn't even call that single fandom anymore. So, um, uh, and and honestly, we're uh, well, real quick because I I don't know. Have, have any of you guys been to? Oh no, Chloe, you've been to C two E two, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love C2E2. I think as industry convention conventions go, it is amazing. I went to, um, honestly, I didn't go to a single like big panel there, but I went to a bunch of fan run panels that were probably outside of San Diego Comic-Con, some of the best fan run panels I've ever been to. Um, and you can just pick up free books everywhere at C2E2. Like all the publishers just have free books sitting out. I, I, I got like six or eight free books and that was yeah. just like, I wasn't getting there early or anything. This was me wandering around being like, oh, they have books here. I'm going to pick one up. Um, so C2E2, for those who don't know, is uh, Chicago. What is it, Chicago? I don't even know what it stands for. Pop Culture and Entertainment Expo or whatever. Yeah, and and it's amazing. Like, what I loved, so this is, we're going to go real quick, industry versus non-industry. I am very much a non, I prefer non-industry, but. I do see the draw of industry conventions. I've not been to New York Comic Con um, because I don't like New York City. Uh, I'm from New England, so I'm a Boston girl. So New York City is. <sighs> but um, but no, C2E2, it's in Chicago. It's in downtown Chicago. The problem is it's like on the edge of downtown Chicago. So if you're going to C2E2 um, – and you want to also see Chicago, it's possible, but it's not, you know, if you're staying at the host hotel, it's not uh, the best. Uh, if you want to like actually be close to nightlife and stuff, there's CGV doesn't have any nightlife by itself. Um, you know, but, but they do serve beer and other alcohol in the convention center, which was like amazing to me because I'd never been to a convention center convention that had that before. Uh, you know, I've been to obviously conventions at hotels and stuff where you can go to a bar and get alcohol, but to actually be able to buy a beer, by the way, that a local Chicago brewery made specifically for C2E2 at the convention center was amazing. Um, but, you know, I do prefer non-industry conventions. Uh, I mentioned earlier the exhibit hall at San Diego Comic-Con. As much as I don't give a crap about vendor halls and stuff at other conventions uh the one at san diego comic-con is it's a different animal because it's more than like your average dealer or vendor hall there are activities there are walkthrough exhibits there are author signings where you can collect a free book i mean becca i got you the copy of red rising last year yeah. all, I, all i had to do was wait in line for like a half an hour uh, and it, it came with it, like they were giving Red Rising away and Pierce Brown, who is like so attractive, finding <laughs> them. And he asked me who my favorite character was. And I was like, Severo. And he was like, really? And I was like, ah, 
you're talking to me. Ah! Like, I don't care about famous people, but like this guy is an amazing writer and also really attractive, even though he's like two inches shorter than me. So uh everybody's shorter than you. But um but yeah, so as like I see perks for industry conventions, but I do prefer like Dragon Con. I do prefer uh I, I I don't care about like the con exclusive merchandise. Um, yeah. Star Wars celebration was like the exact. It, honestly, it was it was everything that could go wrong with a single fandom and industry convention all wrapped into one weekend. Oh I, no! It was so bad. It was I, like. I feel I feel like I shouldn't even be saying this because like if they ever if, if anybody from Star Wars Celebration ever sees this I'll never get a press pass ever again. It was horrible. <laughs> it was it was probably the worst convention I've ever been to. Uh like just disorganized. Um they had like all these exclusive Funkos, but you had to get a um you had to get like a like win win like a lottery, which it was free to enter. But if you didn't win the lottery, you weren't getting one of their exclusive Funkos uh, because there were people standing there by the line, like from like eBay sellers and stuff that would be like, hey, if you're not buying the the exclusive Thrawn Funko, um, I will give you $30 right now. And all you have to do is buy one of these $10 Funkos and you get to keep 20 bucks. Um, so like by the time normal people who didn't win the lottery got to, you know, enter the booth, there was nothing left. The line for the celebration store, which had a ton of exclusive stuff was never less than two hours long. I tried to go to a panel, uh, and they had changed the location. So it took me, I, I would have been on time, but because they'd changed the location, it took me 10 minutes to find it. And by the time I found it, uh, even though it was only 10 minutes late, they wouldn't let me in Oh no! to a fan panel. It wasn't full. It, you know, it wasn't a full panel. It wasn't like they weren't allowing people in cause it was full. They just weren't allowing people in cause it was, it had already started. And I was like, I've never been to a convention where people weren't allowed into a fan panel late unless it was like, full. you want those people to come in. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, like, as industry and single fandom conventions go, it was just like fail, fail, fail at every turn. Um, but again, I, I do think that industry conventions had their perks. I just, if I had to choose between, I mean, honestly, I had like C2E2, I, the, I couldn't go this year cause it was the week before ice and fire con. And that was as much as I, hated missing it. It wasn't, you know, obviously Ice and FireCon. Even if I wasn't an organizer, it would have been Ice and FireCon. Um, if I had to choose between Comic-Con, like San Diego, and DragonCon, I would go to DragonCon 10 times over before I would go to Comic-Con. Uh, they're fun, but... Mm. Yeah, I feel like uh, Comic-Cons, like a lot of the big like industry cons are also a lot more make-your-own-fun cons. Like... Hmm you don't get to enjoy it as much, you know, like a lot of the events, like, yeah, some of the panels are good and, but there's only so many loops around the whole entire room you can do to look at stuff, you know, like after a point, if there's no programming going on, that's tickling your fancy and you're tired and you've been in comic book costume and corset, that's breaking your ribs and you know, whatever all day and heels. And you're just like walking around going, Oh, it's that artist that I'm not going to talk to again. Cause I've talked to them twice now. 
Like, <laughs> it just gets so old after walking around, and, like, exactly what you, like, Dragon Con always has something to do. Like, yeah. no matter what, you can go, oh, I can check any of these tracks. I can do this. I can, it's just, I feel like a lot of the industry stuff is fun, but it's very business run. You can tell where the money is coming in from what, and it's just a little, it can be a little obtrusive. I feel like it's not as organic of an experience. Yeah. Yeah. There, like I said, there are pluses to industry conventions, but nothing that would make me choose one of them over like any non-industry convention. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, if it was like, you know, if it was between, if C2E2 got moved to February for some godforsaken reason, and it was between C2E2 and Kanuga, like, and this is me actually being able to attend one of them, uh, I would choose Kanuga in a heartbeat. So, uh, and that's a small convention on top of it. I'd have to agree about the um, Comic Cons and everything, like Wizard World conventions. I feel like they are just a huge, like, money grab every time and everything like unless you all oh, if you want to do this you got to pay for this well if you want to do this you got to pay for this it's like well what did my badge get me for and it's like well we got to pay for this too but the plus side is i got to meet matt smith with my husband that was our first date and everything too Aww. and then we got to meet jenna coleman when we got to like that things like that and we went to indiana comic con and like i was just having a conversation with someone else about this the other day who was trying to convince me about indiana comic con and which we've gone to before that's how we met jenna coleman and they had said like well if you go to these other things at the at the uh comic convention you can check out this stuff and i'm just like yeah but everything costs so much money and stuff there wasn't very much else to do there wasn't very, I, I expected it to be like an anime convention, but like, I don't really do things at anime conventions either because I just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just expected more out of it, but I just not already just kind of get like, yeah, conventions. I'm just here for the people anymore now too. So, besides a guest, if I want to see more Doctor Who guests, that that's pretty much where's my. Well, I mean, and and honestly, that kind of like pulls us into. Um, the the next portion which is like corporate versus non-corporate conventions because like wizard world and nowadays walker stalker which i think is now being called like heroes and villains fan fest i i don't even know if yep. i think they do still have walker stalkers sometimes they do. but like it's not they used to have like six walker stalker cons a year now it's like one or two and then the heroes and villains thing um i mean even megacon which used to be like an orlando-based convention but is now owned by fan expo who is a toronto-based company and they didn't just buy megacon they you know not only do they own fan expo and they did like they do fan expo all over Canada and they do one in Dallas, but now they also own Megacon and Megacon Tampa Bay and Boston Comic-Con. Um, so yeah, so corporate versus non-corporate. Um, <laughs> now Dragon Con is probably technically a corporation. Uh, they, I'm pretty sure they are for profit and have been for a long time. Uh, but we're talking, so, so corporate versus non-corporate may not be the best way to put it. Um, I, I'm not quite sure what, how to actually word the exact difference, but like I'm talking, you know, Dragon Con, Kanuga, Colossal Con, Yomacon, um, you know, I'm not even our little conventions versus, you know, uh, 
Fan Wizard Expo, World. Wizard World, um, the, these big corporations that run four to ten at this point conventions a year. Um, you know, what, what do you guys think about that? Like, are there perks to the corporate conventions? And what, what do you like about them if you've attended some um, versus, oh I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about corporate uh, conventions. I have a lot of thoughts, so buckle in, you guys. Let's just buckle on in. Good. All right. Now that we're all toasty and warm and cozy. Um, no, I've been to both uh, in corporate cons. It's just, it, when a con gets so big, like Dragon Con, of course, is technically for profit because they have to pay their people that run it. And it's so big that it, once it escalates in the market so high up and becomes such a successful con, it's going to end up that way. I get that. But, like, these people that come in for corporations, like the big, like, fan expo, et cetera, like the big stuff where you, it's, they're charging, like, hundreds of dollars for a ticket just to even get in because they have all these guests that they just worked out all this cash for to just draw people. But there's no actual intimate like connection for the convention goers, if that makes sense. Like there's no intimacy where like it makes you want to go to that con besides, Oh, this famous person's going to be here and you're paying $150 for a ticket to go maybe see a famous person and to walk around and be dressed up and see friends. Like it's just not really worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want a really big cosplay that's really big at a lot of the bigger corporate cons, like, people bring out a lot of their big stuff, that's cool. Uh, if you want to see the big guests and you really, like, there's a guest that never does cons and you want to fork out the big money, then sure. But, like, it's just such a rip-off. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like corporate cons are a rip-off, and it's an obvious rip-off. And it's like, why do you keep giving them the money so they can keep ripping you off. We the people, we the people of the conventions should be, you know, controlling what we want to see. Okay, that's all. You want a revolution? I want a revelation. So listen to my declaration. <laughs> exactly. Rise up. I mean, yeah, I... Uh, like, I obviously I prefer not-for-profit or what I would consider, you know... Uh, I non-corporate is not I know it's not the right term but it's the best thing I can think of to describe them because like drag again and and Dragon Con and MomoCon are the same company now but there's still like for fans by fans and I'm not saying that corporate conventions are all run by people who are just completely greedy and have nothing to do with these fandoms but they're like my, my biggest issue with these for-profit corporate-run chain – that's what I'll call them, chain mm-hmm. conventions, like like Wizard World and whatnot. They have no programming. Like, I don't want to wait in line for hours to go to a Q&A with an actor or actors, and often that's all they offer in terms of panels. And sometimes it's not even, you know, one per hour. It's like two or three a day, especially with Wizard World. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the vendor rooms, they aren't even, like n- – I would say like there's a huge percentage of these vendors at these big, you know, chain conventions that aren't even selling geeky stuff. Like there was a wizard world issue in Chicago last year where there was a, there was like a gun company that was like going to exhibit there. And Oh yeah, you couldn't buy like live guns, like actual real guns at the convention, but you could order them. Um, 
yeah, it, it, there was, it was a huge, it was earlier this year, maybe it was like sometime last year, it was Wizard World Chicago, where they were, they had to like, people were complaining about it once they heard that this was happening, and they had to remove this vendor from the list or whatever. It, it, it's like, they don't vet their vendors at all. So Didn't we just have a, a shoot one? Yeah, that was, I was going to say that, but here's a hot take on that. Conventions, like those kind of corporate conventions, like Wizarding World and stuff, those are like the liquidation sales of all conventions. They bring in guns. Like I'm waiting for them to open up a section for selling used tablets in the back. Like I don't like, that's what I feel. It's just a cash grab. That's all it is. Like whatever they can bring in to make money. Oh, gun people. Yeah. They'll probably bring some money. Good for them. Like they don't care. Yeah. No. And that's the thing. They don't, they, they, there's no quality control. Um, And, and, like I'll bring this is probably the best time to bring this up. Is anybody else in the rate that Comic Con or rate this Comic Con group on Facebook? I hadn't heard of it until you talked heard about of it. it. But I it's, will find out about it. Yeah, it's it's there's thousands of people in it. Um it's not huge, huge, but like I a friend suggested it to me recently and I joined it and it's kind of Right now, I'm just kind of sitting back and watching the mess because some of it is legitimate, you know, issues and complaints, you know, people saying, hey, this convention bombed and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a, there's a lot of vendors talking back and forth with each other about conventions that where they pay to vend and, and things don't go well because the convention didn't do their job marketing or whatever. Um and then there was a lot of complaints about the recent issues with, I think it was like Phoenix Comic Con, where they said like no prop weapons are allowed. Oh, yeah. There was that attack that. on the actor or the, the wannabe attack on the actor from uh, Power Rangers or whatever. Like some of it's very legitimate and some of it's just kind of like, wow, like. I am wasting a lot of time reading these posts in this group because they're like, they're complaining. It's like, I've never seen people bitch so much about guests being canceled at conventions. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand these people have lives that they have. Right. Work? Like, like filming schedules. Like, yeah. And, and, and that's honestly, most of the time is, is what I don't even, I just gotta give like um, conventions like Yomicon. Like I am friends with the guy who runs that um, convention. I gotta give him so much credit because he is running all this stuff out of his pocket by himself. Like not by himself, but like he's I Morgan. He's done such an awesome job keeping Yomicon running uh, despite all the like little failures he's had. At, like a little bit, he's like always like a press and go kind of thing. Like I'm going to test the waters and then I'll keep going with it and type things. And then he's gotten so much help. That is one convention that's still completely fan ran that I know for sure, for a fact that it's easy. I like, that's why I keep attending it every year and stuff like that, because he keeps 24 hour panel gaming running. He keeps 24 hour game rooms. He keeps 24 hour functions going constantly and you don't have to pay for everything and stuff. And you just get your pay for your badge and you just go. And provided that they're not an anime convention anymore, it's just I like the fact that they keep on going with a lot of stuff. And and still, it's not like a Comic-Con. It's not like anything that has, like, 
big named guests is mostly the same anime guests, steam powered giraffe, like YouTubers, like big name YouTubers and stuff is what they're starting to bring a lot, a lot more now. And people are starting to like that and stuff too. And now that the convention's gone up to, I think it's going up to like 25,000 this year, oh, at wow. least is what they're expecting. Yep. Um, so I'm very shocked about how far this convention has gone because back when it was at the Hyatt Hotel in Dearborn, it was only like mm -hmm. 5,000 people. And now we're up to 25, going up to 25,000 people this year. And I'm like, oh, wow. When it was at the Hyatt in Dearborn, it was like 3,000 people. Okay. It wasn't even 5,000. Like that's wow. nuts. And then if you want to put it earlier when it was at Troy, uh, the first right. year, I mean, that was way less. Um, but I, I did security staff for Yomacon for a couple years. And uh, I remember two years ago, we had 18,000. So this year it's projected like over 25,000. And that's, wow. that's pretty big, but it's still fan run. Like, like Izzy's saying, it's been, I mean, like I remember when it was tiny and it was at the small, small hotel and you guys would really be interested in the way it was set up because it's, uh, it's a, now it's moved. It's across the Kobo Hall and it's across uh, the Renaissance Center and the Marriott, and, like, it's very interesting because it's just this big, like, almost like a, like, Final Fantasy VIII maze, like, how mm -hmm. like, the Seed Academy is. Like, it literally looks like the Seed Academy from Final Fantasy VIII, it's just, like, these circles, and you go up the escalators to the next level, and there's, like, circles, and then you walk around them, and you walk around them, and it's really cool. But <laughs> you can get really lost if you don't know it, but, like, this con, like, it's just expanding, 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 but then what point will it get to where it becomes a right. con that can't be fan run anymore and they're gonna right. they're gonna keep expanding like you know it's just it's interesting to see how cons grow and how what happens when they get to a certain growth hurdle right exactly and a lot of people too part two of that a lot of people are scared to come to detroit and especially since it's downtown oh detroit God. and they're just like oh my god i'm not going to detroit and that's the a lot of reasons people won't go to yomacon is because it's in detroit it's in downtown the safest part of the city and everything and i'm like yeah. okay you guys I mean, i'm done with you <laughs> if they would if they would bring me in as a speaker or a guest i would go ah, i'm just not paying for a plane ticket to detroit uh, right if i'm also going to have to pay like i don't even want to say it, it's not about paying for a ticket or not for me whether or not i go to a convention but like for me to travel like to pay for the travel expenses i've got to have more than just I'm going to a convention. Um, I oh, can yeah, yeah. drive mm -hmm. to Dragon Con. You know, I can, any convention in Florida, obviously I'm driving to like Comic Con. I will pay to fly to and everything because it is Comic Con and there, like, there's so much networking that I can do there that I can't do anywhere else. Um, and I'm also like considered a trade professional at Comic Con. So that helps as well. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, like conventions, like conventions like that. I would love to attend some different conventions like around the states, but I've got to, I've got to get in and have like a booth where I can sell my books and cosplay prints or be a speaker. Like I was at Clexicon. I paid to go to Clexicon in Las Vegas, like for my flight and hotel and everything. Um, my pass was free, but like I got to speak on six panels throughout the weekend. So I got to, you know. I felt like I was involved and I got to put my name out there and everything. Um, so for me, it's, it's definitely let me, you know, speak on some panels and stuff. A lot of it has a lot, just so much, just so much politics behind times. A lot oh. of things, especially. 
certain way too. And, you know, like Yomikon, I don't even know what's going to happen with them eventually because he knows this convention's getting so large now that he doesn't even, he's, he doesn't even know what to do with it. And so far they had that. It's, it's just a lot and stuff just in general for a convention. But that's why I keep attending it every year because I'm like, you, this con has gotten from a small to a large, to a large, big giant taking town that takes over Detroit. But Michigan and like Ohio needs something like what you guys have, like Dragon Con and like you guys have Dragon Con and um, all these other ex big, big giant expos. We still have yet to have one of those in around Ohio and Michigan. And we don't have anything big like that. And the only thing we have is Yomacon, which is really our big star pride of the Midwest, honestly, besides Colossal Con. But ColossalCon, like I said, is not really a convention you really want a convention at. It's just big party. So all those well, other and, and I think a big part of that is like with with something like Yomacon, if they're willing to grow and change, then they could because it is it's in a hotel, isn't it? It's in like a Renaissance Marriott or whatever. Like yeah. Yeah. something like that. It won't it may not ever be dragon con level but if it's growing that way in numbers if they're willing to expand their programming and whatnot like it may be a few years before they could afford big name guests mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that they can't have different tracks with track directors and do you know not just anime or animation in general but like just general fandom stuff um i honestly feel if they were did you say that yomacom was the one who tried to do that midwest yeah. Yeah. I honestly feel that was a mistake on their part. Instead of branching out into a second convention, they should have just tried to expand their, their own convention. Like I'll tell you this much. If Steven universe as a show ends within the next couple of years, um, mm -hmm. beach city con will not be beach city con anymore. It will become a Western animation convention where we aren't just about Steven Universe. We're also about, like, say, Gravity Falls and Adventure Time. Yeah, and, yeah <laughs> like, 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 it'll be a general Western animation convention if Steven wow. Universe ends anytime soon. And, and I feel like that's where Yomacon may have misstepped and and mm -hmm. I'm not saying they did anything wrong because I did hear right. about that situation. And I, from what I've heard, it was issues with their venue, um, mm -hmm. and and it wasn't, you know, really their fault or whatever uh, that things went bad. But I mean, and and if you want to grow, I I feel like everybody right now everybody just their first thing is okay. If we want to grow, we've got to have more than one convention. That's the worst decision you can make. Yeah. That is like owning a company and deciding like, we want to be bigger. So we're going to split this into two. No, you don't do that. That's like the first rule of business. Um, sorry, this is me going all like mm -hmm. business on everything. No, no. But <laughs> um, I think a big thing too with them is that Yomacon, like the, turning it from an anime con to a fandom con in itself was a big deal. Like that's, it, it doesn't sound like a big deal and didn't read as a big deal, but that is a big deal to turn its focus away like that because they were adapting with the times. And I think Morgan knows kind of what he, he has ideas about expanding. Cause I mean like Detroit, like as he was saying, I mean, people don't want to come to it cause it's in Detroit, but like if they utilize the other, it's also in like the fall. So it's sometimes the weather can be kind of patchy. So it's not like as easy to just say, it's always going to be beautiful. You know, uh, it could be snowing. It could be not, but like the downtown, the heart Plaza, I mean, they could spread it across downtown Detroit a lot more if they could expand it. But, um, 
I think that's definitely something they're going to have to do. They've right. already expanded it to the Kobo Center, which is um, already across there, and they are expanding it. So, I mean, really, the next step is expanding it to the other hotels for programming. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think that really they have quite that much of a need for that yet. But I think eventually it will come to that. It's going to get there. I feel like within the next five years, um, Yomacon's going to yeah. be at least at 30,000, and we're going to be like, oh, crap, what the, what the heck are we going to do? Because what happened, yeah. There's all, it's already, the hotels are already selling out in like minutes, some hotels, everything, it's all the, downtown, then that section is getting sold out in like minutes, and you're like, I don't, I don't uh, even know if I'm going, I literally just bought my hotel room as soon as I heard they were going up, like I have a friend that told me, hey, they're up, they haven't announced it, but they're open, and I was like, bye, and I just booked my <laughs> hotel just in case, like just in case. Unless you're staying at that Renson Hotel going up and down that elevator. Oof. Nope. <laughs> No yeah, I've heard your complaints well, about that. I ran into a similar situation at C2E2 last year uh, where I had to, for reasons I cannot disclose, I had to find a, I mean, seriously, they're pers very personal, mm -hmm. like, like health reasons. I had to find uh, an employee of the hotel and be like, I need to get up to my room. Uh, how can you do that? And they had to bring me back, like, behind doors to like the service elevator to get me up to my room because the wait for there, there are like four elevators in this Hyatt that's attached to the convention center where CT held. And it was like right at the end of the day. And the wait was like 45 minutes for the elevator. Wow. It was insane. Um, but yeah, so, so, uh, and I think Becca, you're maybe the only one we haven't heard from in terms sorry. of corporate versus non-corporate company. No, 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 no. Who said, sorry. Me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Becca, because uh, we, we have other things to, to talk about, like right before we wrap mm -hmm. this up, but you, um, what do you feel about like the whole, like, I, again, corporate versus non-corporate is probably wrong. It's more like chain versus not chain conventions. Um, and, and I guess like Megacon is really the only like quote unquote chain convention you've been to. And even then, I don't feel like they... I don't, I still don't feel like Megacon has reached that point of really being so, you know, in so part of the fan expo brand that they aren't their own thing. Um, but I don't know. What, what do you think about like the corporate versus non-corporate or chain versus not chain conventions? I mean, I've never been to a chain convention. So like, I can't really, I can't really see like, I mean, drag, not dragon con. Um, Megacon is the only thing I can think of and oh here comes a dog no you can't come here no bring the doggy okay. bring the doggy she's she's gonna jump on me in a second I'm sure there's a little nose over here but no I've never been to a corporate convention so um I mean I can't really I can't really say anything but like you know like whenever I first let's see it was my first convention uh like my first convention that I went to that was like a big one was Dragon Con 2015 and I got so excited because mm. who was it that was going to be there? It's Richard Harmon. It's Richard Harmon, and uh, I'm all my friends know about my about my thing with with Richard and with with Murphy. Um, he's my favorite character on the hundred, and I'm just like, and the Richard's a really swell guy, um, and so I was just so excited about that. But I've mm -hmm. never like I mean Dragon Con for the most part like. 
Okay, so like DragonCon is a good convention. Like it has, for the most part, a pretty good reputation, I think, other than, you know, like, and I think that people have a good time there unless you're, you know, trapped in the habit trails or you're being baked alive in your costume. Because um, it gets hot in Atlanta <laughs> in August and September. <laughs> um, that's a little bit of an understatement. Uh, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I get excited about, and there are some people who are just like, like, and I've dealt with this a couple of times where people have just been like, like, I'll get really excited about a guest being there. And they're just like, like, oh, you go for guests? And I'm like, no, I go to see my friends. But like, the fact is, is that there's somebody there that I really want to see. And I get excited about it. But then I feel guilty for getting excited about it. And, you know, like, I mean, I don't, I don't go just to see them or whatever. Like, I get a selfie and, you know, but like, I've never done a corporate convention so I can't really say I mean I guess I guess technically you can say that MegaCon has been a corporate convention the past couple years because it has you know it's owned it's been owned by Fan Expo since before MegaCon 2016 um but like I said earlier I have I've not been to other Fan Expo conventions um and I do really feel like at this point in time the MegaCon conventions that are down here they are not like anything like a Wizard World or honestly yeah. like like um Walker Stalker you know which is Walker Stalker and or Heroes and Villains whatever the fuck they're calling themselves now cuz like I'm, I'm totally lost as to what the fuck is going on with them but like I know like I knew these guys like I did interviews with them for the Geekery when Walker Stalker was very like was first created before it even happened and like these are just two fans that ran a podcast that were, you know, super excited about having a, a you know, fandom convention. And the, the reason I didn't go in 2015 to Atlanta was because I could not justify the cost of the hotel. Like I had, I had a press pass, but I could not justify the cost of the hotel because they had no scheduled panels except for the Andrew Lincoln panel, which was $25 to attend and press did not get free tickets. They, their nightlife, their nightlife wasn't a separate ticketed event. So like, yeah, I got, I basically had a press ticket to a vendor floor. I can't afford like then, then even then when I had a very well paying 40 hour plus a week job, I could not afford to pay close to $200 a night for a hotel to go to a convention where I'm, I'm, I, my, my press pass gets me into a vendor hall. What am I going to write about? Um, you know, and, and that was, that was kind of my first, I, I, having never attended a wizard world, I like, I still haven't attended a wizard world con. That was my first, like, sort of foray into the whole, wow, there are conventions out there that have no programming and like their idea, like, like I understand that the Andrew Lincoln panel, the money was going to charity. Um, I, I, think Andrew Lincoln is a great guy. Like I've met him. He was very, very nice. Um, I, I don't blame him for this at all. Uh, and I'm cool with them charging for the panel if the money is going to charity, but as a, as press, I, what am I supposed to cover if the only panel you have scheduled is something I have to pay for? Um, that's, 
goes against everything I believe in. So, you know, that, that's kind of like, to me, I feel like Walker stalker slash heroes and villains, whatever it is now is like more of like a corporate shitty, whatever nonsense convention thing than like Megacon is. Um, and, and, and again, like I, 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 don't have complaints with Megacon or Fan Expo because as much as it is probably the most like corporate slash chain convention I've attended recently, um, they do still have fan panels. They do still have a good artist alley. Uh, they, they have a lot of cosplay guests, which is not like as somebody who runs conventions, I'm not going to bring cosplay guests into my single fandom conventions, but like at a convention like Megacon, you know, I think it's a cool thing. You get to meet somebody who does something really, really well and is also friendly and willing to talk to you about it and, and they'll be on panels about it. Um, so I think there's right ways to do it and wrong ways to do it. And I think that like fan expo has, as, as far as I can see, been doing a really good job versus like wizard world from everything I've seen from like friends who've attended is just not, uh, it hasn't really ever been, but I don't know. Maybe it's well, just I think it comes from also there's a lack of being in touch with the fans. Where like so MegaCon and Fan Expo, for example, like that all they care about the fan what the fans want and they give a crap. Like the people that are attending, they actually listen to what they're saying and say, oh, Okay, they want that. That's cool. Where like Wizard World doesn't care, this is how it is, this is what you're paying for, you're showing up and you're getting this. They do not like Wizard World's too much bunny. <laughs> not worth it. My dog just walked in here and farted. I'm not kidding. Like he walked in here and I, I was like, Oh, there's a dog. And I bent down to pet him. And then it just like wafted up into my nose. And it's the worst thing I've ever smelled. Oh, Rigby God. has the worst farts. That's who it was ever. too. You know, it was Rigby. Of course it's Rigby. Rigby has like acid farts, that, like burn a hole in the atmosphere. <laughs> like it's bad. <laughs> um, the cat's so- just chilling here. Anyway, uh, so we're like, we've been close to an hour and a half. This is a good length. Um, my closing question before we wrap this up, because this is something that I've seen like come up in that rate that Comic-Con group and, and also in discussions with friends, is the convention market or whatever you want to call it oversaturated right now? Uh, yeah. 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 Um. Here's my take on it. Is it oversaturated? Yes. It is oversaturated because there are a lot of people out there who think that they can run a convention. (laughs) Boom. Who really shouldn't. Um, and, And I'm not saying that I am the most, you know... I'm not saying that I'm the end all be all of who can or cannot or should or should not be running a convention. I'm not. But there are a lot of companies and or people out there that think they can run conventions right now that shouldn't be or can't. Um, I mean, honestly, like I really hate like ranking on wizard world so much because I've never been to a wizard world convention. So in a way, what do I know? But also I do know that they have, I do know that they have had a lot of trouble the past couple of years that they have lost a ton of money because they tried to do too many conventions in too many places in a single year. Um, and they've had to cancel a lot of conventions. Uh, shoot, they were supposed to do one in Greenville, South Carolina. And they like, first they put it off. They like, they said, you know, okay, we're not going to do it in 2016 or 
whatever, we're going to do it in 2017. Then they canceled it altogether. And, you, and then they had big fandom Greenville too. Um, I, know that, I mean, uh, yeah, it's okay. Um, it's struggling. It's riding the struggle bus right now. Um, it's, I mean, as far as like the convention market or the saturation of like, I haven't really been in the convention scene very long. And like, I don't really pay attention to a lot of conventions. The only time I ever pay attention is whenever my friends are posting photos. Like, I know Momocon, I know Katsucon, but I don't know all of those anime weekend Midwest happy fun time hour. Like, they all sound the same after a while. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't under. Because, like, I really, really pay attention to Dragon Con and Ice and Fire Con. And then, like, but then I hear, like, these little ones, like, Ichiban Con here, uh, Momo Con. Um, Momo Con is not little, to be fair. Yeah, I know. Not I know. Anymore. Anymore. <laughs> it's not, trust me. No, like, I but mean. Name-wise. Um, but it's, like. Ra- like Ramen Ichi- Con, Nacho Ichi- Con. Yeah, Ichi- I don't know. It's, like, at this point, it's just, like, pick a ver, pick a noun and slap a word con on it. And well, but I don't. That, to be fair, that's actually really Becca. So you know, like anime cons are actually a huge dying breed. And so hearing those mm-hmm. kind of like little names like that, those are last second people that are like, we can save anime cons, and everyone's like, no, you can't because they died for a reason. No, I was. So, well, I was. I was saying like, like I was thinking about Dash Con, and oh, yeah. like I was thinking about like those conventions, you know, where people are just like, you know what, we should do this. No, you fucking shouldn't. <laughs> And um, don't yeah, like honestly, I will touch on DashCon right now. Let's do I, it. Let's do it. I, call him out. No, I'm not calling out DashCon. I'm calling out everybody who compares every new convention to DashCon. Yeah, yeah. All the people who are about to be yeah. oh, you guys the new DashCon, and I'm just like, no, like I don't know. I just yeah. Here, here's the thing. Uh, DashCon was a tum it was it was supposed to be like a tumblr convention cool fine whatever the problem is the people who were running it had no planning experience whatsoever and uh they also had no like like monetary like they, they had no idea how to run like the accounting for a company um and they expected thousands more people they expected thousands more tickets to sell than they actually sold so they booked all these guests based on nothing like they didn't even make the it was it was an indiegogo so when you run an indiegogo you don't have to make like you can say your goal is ten thousand dollars but you'll still get the money if you only make five thousand so that's what happened with them they they set a goal they did not make it it wasn't quite that disparate but it was it was there was a couple thousand dollars difference and they hoped that they, even though they didn't make their Indiegogo goal, that they would make enough money in ticket sales, you know, after that and at the convention to cover all their expenses. They did not. So when that didn't happen, they screwed the one like major guest that they were bringing in, which was the uh, welcome to night Vale people. Oh yeah. And <sighs> in turn, the welcome to night Vale people were like, listen, we hate to do this, but we can't afford to stay here. They aren't paying our hotel. They have, they're not reimbursing us for our travel. Like they said they would. Um, we are broke. We, we don't make a lot of money off of this. We cannot stay here. So the, the welcome to night people understandably left. And like, 
I have an article. If you, honestly, if you Google search the geekiery dashcon, like our article had like hundreds of thousands of hits. So it's probably the first thing. Honestly, if, if you search like dashcon scam or something, it's probably the first thing that's going to come up. But the thing is like, since that happened, so many people compare and not just, not just us, not just beach city con, but they compare every new convention that crops up, especially, especially if you do a Kickstarter or something, they compare it to dash con. There was a Hannibal convention that was planned recently that I, I actually, as, as you know, a, a consultant, I worked on this convention, uh, at an hour, like they, they paid me an hourly consulting rate to give them information and advice. And, uh, I was very, like, I, I was very certain that they would make their Kickstarter goal and have a successful convention. They did make their Kickstarter goal. They're in the midst of playing their convention. They've sold a good amount of tickets. Their convention is happening in November and I think it's going to go very well, but they're another one that is being lumped in with beach city con, you know, and compared to dash con because, they had a Kickstarter. Um, Walker Stalker Con started with a Kickstarter and they were probably one of the first conventions that had a Kickstarter because this was back in like early 2013. Um, and they were, their Kickstarter was successful. Nobody compares them to DashCon because they existed before it. But every convention that has a fundraiser post DashCon is being compared to them and it's fucking maddening. I have to say this one part though, like there's this convention called BlurredCon. It's for BlurredCon, BlurredCon Black Nerds or whatever and stuff. So far, they have used a, a Kickstarter convention or so, is what they're supposed to be using right now in a Kickstarter. And all they've been announcing is cosplay spotlight guests, cosplay light spotlights, cosplay guests, cosplay, everything, and there's supposed to be a whole bunch of people of color that are supposed to be going to it. But they haven't really announced programming. They haven't really announced anything like you're supposed to do at a convention and stuff like that. And I guess like the convention is supposed to be all about like for people that are of color that feel like a nerd and stuff like that and feel left out with everything. So they started this convention. But nothing like information wise has been set out. So they started this Kickstarter and they started this GoFundMe page saying why don't we have all this money and stuff and use it towards that? And I'm just like, before you guys start going out there with all this stuff, give us more information about the convention and everything, yeah. not just have guess. a play on. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, to be fair, like we did, we ran our beach city con Kickstarter based on like, Hey, yes, we have planned a successful single fandom convention for many years now. Um, and we we didn't have like any sort of uh we we basically said if we if we make this if we like make our goal we will have the convention and our goal was very low it was like seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars if we had like quadrupled our goal we were bringing in we some very tripled, big success. we tripled we tripled it within was it twenty four hours um no we we or... doubled it we doubled it within uh, like less than 24 hours but like we also you know we didn't end up making our stretch goal but we made enough where we were we are able to bring in we're bringing in one guest and we're in talks to bring in a second um guests are very expensive especially for small conventions but and we also didn't have you know we don't have any sort of we still don't have any programming listed but 
obviously, like we said, we'll have a costume contest. We'll have photo shoots. We'll have panels. We'll have uh, a Steven Universe sing-along. We'll have um, a Fight Like a Gem combat class. Uh, so we didn't have anything super specific, but we did know, you know, these are the things we're, these are the general things we're offering. Um, and, and we have done this before with another fandom and like, we still, honestly, like we got, we got compared to DashCon even after people were like, wait a minute, but they, they've planned this other convention. Oh, by the way, that doesn't count because ice and fire con is a bar crawl <laughs> is what we were called. We were, we were oh, compared yeah, to a that. bar crawl. Yeah. I remember that. And I was a like, we were compared to a bar crawl. Hmm. Well, it's the best bar crawl I ever been to. <laughs> I would like to check that out as soon. Like, it's in Fire and Ice Con. Is that in like Florida or so? No, no, no. Um, we're in Ohio. Oh, yeah. What? We were yeah. we were in Virginia the past two years, but next year we're back in Ohio. So, what part of Ohio? Um, it's between. I think it's between Cincinnati and Columbus. So oh, it's, it's not, not even far from us then. Yeah, not not much farther than Colossal Con. It's uh, Deer Creek. Is yeah. Oh, okay. That's not bad at all. I mean, let Chris know that and stuff too. So. But anyway, so yeah. Um, if you want to piss Tara off, uh, just compare anything I do to DashCon. <laughs> I'm taking Wait, notes. I reported on DashCon. Okay, <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Uh, also, I, I I feel like as much as I in FireCon is a small convention, um, I'm not an idiot. Uh, I we we like we were actually accused of like stealing like yeah. people said we were going to steal people's money and I was like I was an accountant for seven years. Uh it literally even even if I wasn't even if I was a shitty person otherwise, it would go against everything ethically, I believe, when it comes to like money to steal anybody's money. I was an accountant. <laughs> Like I was the accountant for a company. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, like it, it's the, the, the whole DashCon thing is so maddening. And listen, DashCon was a horrible failure and it failed for very obvious reasons. And don't, it's not just our conventions. It's literally like any new convention that starts up. Don't just automatically compare it to DashCon, please. You know, right. Like give it a chance. Yeah. And, and, give small cons a chance to grow too. Um, you know, some, some conventions grow organically and some try to force it. And honestly it works in both cases, depending on the people who are running the convention. Um, it really does. Like, like you're saying with Yomacon, maybe they tried to jump into things too quickly or whatever. Personally, my, and granted, I've never been to Yomacon, so I don't know. I think them trying to create a separate convention wasn't the best decision, but like, yeah. I, I feel like with what you said about their numbers growth the past several years, I feel like they have something going for them that could work if they do it the right way. Um, and, and like, yes, the convention market is oversaturated, but I think part of that is that a lot of the conventions that aren't worthwhile are going to get weeded out. Um, and, the big and conventions and stuff too, like, sorry to interrupt and everything, yeah. like the big ones are um, like Yomacon. The only reason it even got to the size that it is right now is because of location, location, location. Like that all had to do because like we said, we were in Dearborn and then like Troy and then Dearborn and then it got to Detroit and then it just, 
blew up from there and stuff because they got Detroit, they got the media, they got all types of things and everything and stuff in that. And that's what got them going. But then they tried to start a second convention, which was Midwest Media Expo, and they're still kind of on the cool rocks with that right now. So I don't know how much longer they're going to keep trying to continue to push that, obviously. But what you're saying and everything you like everything you say is like it makes sense and everything and honestly if they could take some advice from you that would be awesome but <laughs> i can't say anything well and i think that it, i think that it's already started you know like there are still new conventions cropping up constantly but mm-hmm. they either kind of fail immediately i i feel like most of them <sighs> that aren't worthwhile are failing immediately um which sucks for them and for the vendors that pay to be vendors and for the people that pay for tickets and don't have a good time. But, you know, I'm not saying don't give new conventions a chance by any means because I, I, there are some really great new conventions that have happened. And uh, I, I mean, like, and, and then there are some ones that I, I went to a convention in Greenville that doesn't exist anymore that, was you know it existed for a few years then they took a break for a couple years then they then they came back and they had you know two years in a row where they had this convention and what was it uh monster con ah i know i feel like i heard of that before so there's more than one monster con in the states okay you may not have heard of this one but and it wasn't like it was a bad convention or anything and greenville is ripe for a proper convention mm-hmm. as South Carolina comic-con can attest. Uh, but you know, it, they just, they weren't, they had issues with venue. And then like the third year they did it, they moved it out of Greenville up to Gaffney, which is like middle of nowhere, South Carolina. And the guy who was running it. No, I won't even say anything. Never mind. There were some control issues. Yeah. With the person who was running it, like wanting to do everything. And, and then there, there are some things like if you are running a convention, you need to understand that sometimes there are things that you should not control. Um, for instance, uh, I am great at social media, but I don't have time for also great at social media also doesn't have time for it because we're running two conventions now hence we turn our social media over to people like chloe (laughs) (laughs) um so so you know like there there are and and programming shoot like i've i ran the entire schedule without any help for the first four years of ice and fire con and like this year i was begging for help because I knew, like, can I do it? And can I do it well? Sure. That doesn't mean I should be doing it by myself. Um, you know, like, like again, Chloe helped take over the Snark and Grumpkin hunt, which got thrown in my lap. Um, KK helped a lot with the uh, tournament, which was, you know, supposed to be, which in the past have been run by another organizer. Like, you have to know as an, as an organizer of a convention, if you want to have a successful event, you have to know when to delegate. And for me, it's super fucking hard to delegate, but I know it has to be done or I will every year of Ice and Firecon will be like last year where I was stuck doing way more than I could physically and mentally handle and had a miserable time. Um, not because the convention was bad, but because I was stressed and exhausted throughout the entire weekend. This year was the exact opposite. Um, like I can't be on every panel, 
I shouldn't be on every panel. In the past, I was on every panel because I couldn't find people to delegate that to. Now I have those people. And, and I feel like there's too many people out there who try to start these conventions without realizing that they can't do it all. Like, you can be good at some things. You're never good at everything. Ever. Organization. I give you guys all props for all the things that you guys do because I would not, I know good and well, I wouldn't be able to do that because it's like, holy crap. Like, that's so much planning and everything. When I heard that whole Midwest Media Expo thing broke down, I just thought about Morgan and I was like, oh my goodness can you imagine how like the hotel canceling on you just in general and stuff like planning like all this the stuff. week of the convention right like i just imagine like how much it takes to pull that all together like how you guys pulled fire and ice con- ice and fire con is it correct yeah yeah there you go. um you guys like pulled that together and everything like and how much planning it takes to put that all together and stuff too and then like seeing them like have that just crash and burn in their face and you know but the thing is the day after after that happened and everything they pulled together another convention called NotCon which I gave them so much props for even continuing it on John St. John still showed up and came um the Duke Nukem guy he still came out for the convention and a couple other guests still came out and even That's feeling so bad cool. for what happened and they had it up in Troy at Yomacon. One, I think it was at the old Yomacon Hotel where the it used to be. Location. Yep. Yeah. The first location. Everybody felt bad. Every all these other cons, like Penguin Con and a whole bunch of other things, got together and said, "Here, we'll help out them. We'll send them this and the games and everything." And I'm just like, "How can you guys plan this and so quickly and so in two days' well, notice or so?" And I'll say this, like. Um, kind of on in not on this in the exact same you know mm-hmm. situation as what they had happened with the that midwest media con or whatever you called it um last year for ice and fire con it was our first year at this new location and there was some severe miscommunication between the organizer who was handling the venue at the time and the venue itself and a big part of that was within like between when we booked the venue originally and when we got to the point where our final payment was due for the venue uh they changed our contact twice wow and not only did they change them twice but like the person the like there there was there was very little uh communication between them and us and this was not our fault at all um we were from what i you know could see in in like the back and forth emails and everything between the the person who was handling our venue coordination at the time and whatnot uh we were very clear and there was never i never i like i'd seen these you know this communication before and there was never any question on my part about what what we would what we were required to do in terms of filling rooms and everything. And uh, we got to like two weeks out from the convention and they tried to tell us, well, you haven't filled, uh, like you told us you were going to book every room at the resort and you haven't filled that. Wow. And you owe us thousands of dollars. And um, I'm not, you know, trying to talk crap about, them for because because i'm guessing it was kind of something similar to that 
Uh, right. Yeah, you know, it was like that. Yeah. Uh, you have to be real freaking nasty when stuff like that happens. And this place, I put the fear of God in them. <laughs> um, I am not the person you want to screw with when it comes to this, especially when we had written communication saying we, you know, we weren't required to do this is basically they were they were trying to tell us you signed this contract that said this which we hadn't you you were supposed to do this and you didn't uh we never agreed to whatever they were saying it was very it was a lot of miscommunication and they were trying to play it off like it was our fault when it wasn't it was absolutely them trying to kind of be shitty to be honest sneaky yeah and and even if even if they had kind of signed a contract that said that they would do, uh, th- they would meet an attrition rate, which is what it was probably called. Like you're, you're going to say, I'm going to book a hundred rooms. If you don't book at least 80% of those rooms. So say you book 75%, you are required to cover the cost for 5% of those rooms. Um, and, and my guess is that's kind of similar to what they were doing. But the thing is like, there are a lot of ways around that and Mm -hmm. the hotel is almost always going to lose a lot more money than they're going to gain by canceling your event. Um, and, and in our case, you know, thankfully we had written communication saying that, that that was, it was very obvious that we'd never agreed to what they were saying. We agreed to, we hadn't signed any sort of contract that had an attrition rate on it or anything, but Honestly, you have sometimes you have to get nasty. You have to be willing to get nasty and know that sure, this may mean that we get crappier service at the convention, you know. But, but contract is a contract. Yeah, well, and also it's worth it if the people who are coming to your convention mm-hmm. still have a good time. Um yeah, I yeah, and it wasn't just it wasn't just I had to do it again this year. Not, not for like room attrition reasons, but for other reasons. Um, like you don't fuck with me and you need, that's the thing you need to have, like when it comes to venue coordination, you absolutely need to have somebody who is willing to be that person who is willing to put their foot down and be kind of a dick if they have to, like, I don't even want to say bitch. <laughs> dick I, mean, I was a dick to those people and they deserved it like, and if you don't have somebody who's willing to put their foot down in situations even if maybe you're kind of in the wrong like in the end if you cancel the entire event it's going to hurt that hotel more than it's going to help them you should see the reviews on that hotel at this point though like oh i'm they, sure they rated it down sold to like a half of a star that's how much that hotel has gotten that much stuff and <laughs> They canceled the whole hotel, their Google reviews, their Yelp reviews, everything. Every You pissed off the wrong <laughs> people and stuff. Their whole thing. Don't and fuck with nerds. You don't no. Oh, hi. Yeah, Sheridan. Sheridan Atlanta. <laughs> Remember that time Sheridan Atlanta tried to fuck with Dragon Con attendees? And how old oh, that went for them? That Wait, was this? Was this was a this? room price. Oh my god, yeah, 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 I remember that because I remember my friends were like, ah! so there, yeah, there are like five host hotels for Dragon Con, and the Sheridan turns around, 
six months after people have booked their rooms and says, you owe us $20 more per night. Per night. Y'all, it was a bloodbath and it was amazing. And not only did they owe them, because all these people had paid in full, which by the way, is completely illegal to have a, like uh, to book a room, pay it in full, and then try to require them to pay $20 more per night. That is, that is actually illegal. They were totally trying to profit. They were trying to make money off it. Oh, absolutely. And they didn't because people like, I mean, I don't know if they did. They may have, I don't know. Basically people were fighting them, fighting them, fighting them. A whole ton of people canceled their rooms, which sucks because I don't know what happened to the people who canceled their rooms. But like, Two months later, uh, the Sheridan came back and was like, oh, okay, we'll give you guys the rate you originally agreed to. We're, we're, we're super cool, so we're doing this for you. It's like, like well played. <laughs> I would have said, the hell's out of here with that. I, I can't imagine that whole thing, but it's already ex- I, it's already expensive as ever to stay at these hotels in general and stuff. But when you have a right amount of people, like how we like stayed in your guys's room for um, Dragon Con and everything and stuff, when you get the right amount of people, it's easy to do that and stuff to go by. And... It's also easy to fit twenty people in a balcony. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was really easy. I think it was very easily and well that's, done. So. Honestly, that's one of my favorite memories ever. Like when I tell people about Dragon Con, I was like, this one time. And Chloe was Chloe was the balcony corral leader. <laughs> sure, fuck, Never let me was lead that anything. The security came into your room yeah. last year. Oh my gosh! I uh, wanted to yeah. go down there to see what this is all about. This <laughs> is, this is out. well. This is after you guys left. So. Yeah. Uh, this this actually came up on a, on the DragonCon subreddit. Somebody was like, "Hey, has anybody ever crammed like a ton of people into their room?" Like, I can see I they face now. They, I thought they meant like a party or something. Apparently, they meant like like trying to cram a bunch of people to sleep in the room. I don't know for funsies for one night, whatever. But like, yeah, I was that like, fun. Yeah. yeah I know, so right? last year, uh, I didn't even say last year. I said like one year. Mm-hmm. I may or may not have put out a call to my friends saying we were having a party in our room, and we may or may not have been staying at a host hotel. That may or may not have been not the Marriott, not the Sheridan, and not the Hilton, and not the. Hilton. <laughs> um, and every single friend who showed up brought like six people. Mm-hmm. So we had like fifty people in our room, and it was beautiful until the scary security guy go the fuck home, go the fuck home, and I was sitting there and I was drunk and I was like. This is my home. <laughs> I live here. Oh, God. I miss everything. That whole, I heard about it. To be and fair, like, the they had home? every right to call security on us. Yeah, I was not true. like I was not mad at. Oh, it, that, that it was, was lit. That was legit. Like it was that, <laughs> part, that night was lit. Everyone was getting it, and it like the biggest part was it was Sunday night. Like this is the end. Like yeah. this is like, and I I wasn't planning on partying that night. We saw what happened, anyways, <laughs> but. Of like I wasn't planning because next morning we had to drive home, so I was like gonna be fine, whatever. And that was everybody on the balcony, and I, I was the leader, as Becca said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh she, my like, gosh. Like, but like the best part was like 
was like, he's like, get the fuck out, get the fuck out. So people start pouring out of our room, and out of the corner of my eye, I see, I see people being herded onto the balcony. <laughs> and like, and like, they're like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. And so they're like, draw the blinds. And they were like, trying to draw the blinds. They're the ones that like you have to, you have to pull them or whatever. So it was like, I know it was like Chloe, and I think a bunch of other who I know. Miguel. Yeah, Miguel, Elena was Medford out there. I don't fucking know. Who cares? Um, a bunch of people. <laughs> A bunch of people were out there, and uh, the security guide was so scary. Like I, I don't know. I just I was very, very. I'm pretty smart. sure I was. I'm pretty sure I was on the balcony. And it was my. You were on the balcony room. with me. Yeah, I was like, ah. and anyway, I was the leader. But yeah, what did he say? Like we, the security. It was oh, uh, he, it. he he said that it was. He was like, listen, you get three strikes. This is your second and a half strike. And everybody needs to leave this room. So, like, all the people that were in the room had to leave. But we had all – we had, like – it wasn't 20 people, but it was definitely at least 15 out on the balcony with the curtains mm-hmm. shut. <laughs> so, like, they were like, if you're not staying in this room, you have to leave. But, you know, so Becca and Lauren and I think Scott, uh, Ozzy Scott – yeah, and Brian were like, we're all staying in this room. So all these other people, and there were also people shut in the bathroom too. There was yes. oh, oh my god, yeah. that one guy who would not fucking leave our goddamn bathroom. Yeah, at one point I had to be like, knock knock. Uh, I have to pee, so you need to go get like sick out in the hallway or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So so like, other than the people who were in our bathroom, shut in our bathroom, and like the four people in the room, Becca, Lauren, Scott, and Brian, like everybody had to leave but of course we had like 15 people out on the balcony with the curtains mm-hmm. closed mm-hmm. and i think at some point somebody asked if there's anybody on the balcony and they're like no no we're so quiet though so quiet like i was Super just quiet. like and then they opened the doors after the security guy left <laughs> and they just like poured in like <laughs> it was it was so funny second and it a half so strike yeah because yeah. it was pretty bad didn't we have did we have another strike or no no, 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 no. It was we, just we bad did. enough okay. that it was two and a half, like right then and there. Okay. Like that's it was right. that's we how had, bad we had it was. Zero, we had zero strikes, but it was so bad that we had two and a half. And then mm-hmm. you know, it didn't matter after that because most people, even the people that were on the balcony, most of us left. Yeah. Left. yeah. We pretty much we like finally left after that. But uh <laughs> it was a fun adventure and I love telling this story to everybody who will listen. Because I'm like, this is what Dragon Con is about. <laughs> Fitting as many people as you can inside a balcony. <laughs> It it was definitely one for the memory bank, that's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, we got sidetracked, but yeah, like Sheridan tried to do it with DragonCon people, and obviously they, they weren't about to cancel DragonCon's contract with them, but they still ended up getting, you know, I guess screwed in a way, because they screwed up. Somebody put their rates in wrong, and people mm-hmm. who were supposed to be paying two twenty nine a night or two nineteen a night were paying one ninety nine a night. Uh, and, and, you know, they, in the end, like, even though they got a whole ton of people to pony up the extra cash immediately, they turned around and refunded it because they knew that they fucked up. And if you, and I don't know who, the thing is, I don't know who slapped their hand because for a, for months, months, they were like, no, this is, we do what we want. We, it's the wrong number. It doesn't get, it's like fucking. <laughs> I feel like I feel like whoever manages the Sheridan was handling this probably has an orange face and a toupee. Um, 
But <laughs> on his shirt, toupee, looking no wife. Oh my god! Face. First of all, cosplay <laughs> idea. Can somebody cosplay Trump as the Sheridan manager at Dragon Con this year? Pull oh my god! Pull <laughs> Uh, that would be great. So anyway, like, like the thing is, like, there is, there are ways to fight this nonsense, but you really do have to be willing to be an asshole, like yeah. a little bit, like, and and even if you're right, sometimes it still involves being a little bit of an asshole. Like, let's be real. Um, but anyway, so yeah, uh, that was like, the, you know, the the con market being oversaturated. Uh, it is. And, but I do think that at this point in time, it's, it's kind of going to kill itself out, I guess. However you want to put that. Anime Um, cons for sure. Yeah. And not just anime cons, but like all these little, little cons that keep cropping up or even conventions that have been around for a few years, but aren't keeping up with the times. And I'm not talking guests or whatever. I'm just talking like they, they don't. There was one in Florida like a few months ago that was like no cosplay allowed. Like, you're you can't even call yourself. A well, con that point. con isn't. Uh, it wasn't like it is stupid. They said that, but I will but devil's the advocate Empire. them. It was it was a collectible show con. It wasn't exactly. like a, it was, and it was for like expensive collectibles, rare collectibles. It's not for cosplay. It was no, literally no, no. like I, it's, that's it's just a, they I shouldn't agree. have called it that. They shouldn't exactly. have called it a convention. That's all exactly. Exactly. They should have done that. They should have said yeah. it was an expo. Yes. Um, and that 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 was that's exactly what I was gonna say. It's like Yeah. You can you can say you don't want cosplay, but you really, at this point you can't really call it. Yeah. Um but also I mean I again like even with even with the companies that have a ton of money, like Wizard World, they are uh they're they're not as big as they used to be. They've had to cancel tons of conventions, they've had to limit the number of conventions they're doing each year. So I think that in a way conventions are kind of like getting weeded out, you know, by that. Um, let's just hope it's the ones that deserve to get weeded out and not the ones yeah. that shouldn't go. Like I would, as much as I like can't justify going to Kanuga now that I don't live within driving distance, it is a fucking amazing convention. It is so much fun. And if that convention goes away, like I'll be really disappointed because they have a community and a, and, and like an experience that not many it's basically like a multi-fandom ice and fire con well it's it's really it's really actually um i was talking to somebody i don't remember who it was i think actually might have been talking to zach baker and he was saying that it was it's really struggling and that makes me really sad but i'm hoping that i get to go because i didn't go this past year but i'm hoping i get to go this coming february that's sad. I'd be sad if they die because that's it. It's such a fun convention, and it was my it was my con virginity. <laughs> Sorry, but, uh, glad you so glad she specified. We'll wrap yeah. this up. Does anybody have anything else they want to say? Or... No. Goodbye. Bye. Got Bye. everything. You... Goodbye right. forever. Well, Bye-bye. thank you for watching listening um i need to figure out how to get this up as a podcast but thank you for watching slash listening to our you know convention uh webcast rant thing (laughs) (laughs) um uh yeah i'll be back with another uh 
another webcast, you know, in a couple months, I, I'm trying to do these every two to three months now. And, um, I'm probably going to stick with ones that are, you know, focused around cons and, and or cosplay. So keep an eye out and yeah. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. We've got Chloe and Izzy and Becca. And, Bye. Uh, I'll see you guys soon. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.